Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. Do you know what your problem is, Kirk? What? You're a moodle. A moodle? A man poodle. Girls, they want to take you out on a walk, they want to feed you, they want to cuddle you, but no girl wants to do the moodle. No one would ever do a moodle. No. Well, is there something that you like about her? Yes. I like the way that her body bends Oh, look at this. Yes. Thanks, Kirk. I think I lost my iPhone. Calm down, I'll call it. Hello? Hello? Thank God you have my phone. Would you just hold on to it for me? You're not supposed to be on your phone. It's bad for the plane. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you a plane doctor? No? So shut the hell up. I'd like to make it up to you. Do you like hockey? Yes, I do. I don't get it. Why would she ask me out? Are you nervous? <laughs> yes. This Molly is a hard 10. Meanwhile, the guy's a 5. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. I brought a girl with me, so please don't be a jerk. Are you a hooker? Dylan. Or a prostitute, I mean? Nope. Well, come on in for a dip, girl. Yeah. You know what? I don't even have a bathing suit. Underwear is fine. Underwear would be fine. If I were wearing any. You and I both know he's not the kind of guy you usually end up with. You pick a guy like Kirk because he's safe. Or maybe because he's just a nice guy. Tim, this is Kirk. Molly and I used to date. God is my witness. We'll get her back. Honestly, I have sex with that guy. Yeah, maybe Molly's a little better looking than I am. A little. Are you kidding me? I think that Debbie here is one wicked hot box. Thanks, babe. And this chick of yours makes her look like a pig. What? I got a clean crease off with this. No. Honey, you there? What the? Was this Kirk? It's a pleasure. Uh, Nope. She's out of my league. My shift doesn't start for another half hour, but I was so excited, I came early. He said he was really excited, and so he came early. Does that ever happen to you? (laughs) It just slipped out. It'll all add up March 12th. Get rated at she'soutofmyleague.com. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to cover the movie She's Out of My League from 2010. The studio was DreamWorks, but the distribution was done by Paramount. The release date, March 12, 2010. The running time, 104 minutes, and it was rated R. The budget was $20 million. The box office took in $32 million domestic gross, making it the 91st ranked movie of 2010. It made an extra $18 million internationally. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 57% rotten from 134 reviews. Their consensus is, She's Out of My League has moments of humor and insight, but it's bogged down by excessive vulgarity and cartoonishness. Again, they write the worst freaking consensus. It's not meant to be read, at least out loud. All right, one reviewer that it was always meant to be read out loud is Roger Ebert. He gave the movie, at the time, three out of four stars. Here's his review. Molly is a perfect 10. Kirk is a 5. The scoring is provided by his best friends, who sadly inform him, you can't jump more than 2. Because of reasoning like that, Aristotle Onassis remains a hero to 4s and 5s everywhere. She's Out of My League, which is sort of a good comedy, tells the story of a 5 who meets a 10 who believes there's a 10 
inside of him fighting to get out. Kirk, played by Jerry Barraquel, looks as if he could indeed be a 5, but he has that essential quality of turning into a 10 with his attitude alone. Here he will find what I have long observed, that everyone is beautiful when they're looking at you with love in their eyes. Barracle has that quality of seeming like someone we might actually have known outside of a movie. He plays Kirk as apologetic, easily embarrassed, with low self-esteem. Plain and simple, a nice guy. Alice Eve, who despite all the evidence of being British, is pretty, yes, but not actually quite a 10. A 9.5? Easy. Isn't that scoring system loathsome? Her best friend Patty, played by Kristen Ritter, thinks that Kirk is beneath Molly, possibly because Patty likes to bask in the reflective glow of Molly's tenhood. Kirk's own three best buddies include two party animals and one nice pudgy guy, whose combined wisdom on women is a perfect two. There are some funny set pieces here, one involving guys rummaging through each other's netherlands, <laughs> one involving a family trip to Branson, Missouri, and matching sweatshirts. Do you ever get the feeling that you're the last American live... Who hasn't been to Branson? That Titanic attraction sounds great to me. Anyway, much depends on whether Kirk will actually make this journey. The movie is not a comedy classic, but in a genre where so many movies struggle to lift themselves from 0 to 1, it's, oh, about a 6.5. And that's the end of Ebert's review. Now, I'm not sure why I didn't see this in the theater when it first came out. It's very much my type of movie that's in my wheelhouse, especially back in 2010. And rewatching it now in 2024, it's downright refreshing to watch a funny comedy film. Again, comedy films are essentially dead today and way too self-aware to even be funny. And that is the death nail for anything attempting to be humorous. Okay, let's get into the main cast. You have Jay Barcarell who plays Kirk. He began as a child actor in Canada in the mid-1990s. But my introduction to him was as the nerdy skinny kid named Danger in Million Dollar Baby who constantly used to hang around the gym. He had smaller roles in films like Knocked Up, Tropic Thunder, and Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. She's Out of My League would be Barcarell's breakout starring role. Alice E. plays Molly. She's Out of My League would definitely be my introduction to her on film. Prior to this film, she appeared in British films and on stage. She would go on to have a reoccurring role on the show Entourage in Season 8, and she appeared in two movie sequels, Sex in the City 2 and Star Trek Into Darkness. T.J. Miller plays Stainer. Now, while today many people know Miller from his hilarious character Eric on the show Silicon Valley, he began as a stand-up comedian before getting into films and TV. She's Out of My League would be his chance to really showcase his comedic talents on film, and his career just grew from there. The director, Jim Field Smith. Like Alice Eve, Smith was British-born and directed TV shows before moving to Hollywood. It's there he directed short films, with his feature film debut being She's Out of My League. Interestingly enough, Smith would only direct one more film. That's 2011's Butter with Jennifer Garner and Hugh Jackman. He would mainly focus on TV directing and continues to the present day. All right, let's get into the making of the film. Don't have a ton of notes on this, but the director, Jim Field Smith, said he went through a number of actresses before recommending Alice Eve for the main role of Molly. Eve was doing a play on Broadway at the time. However, it was Steven Spielberg who co-founded DreamWorks Studio that gave the ultimate green light for Alice Eve as the star. And even though she is British, her English accent is kind of non-existent, as you will hear from the film. Alright, let's get into the film. So it opens with Kirk, played by Jay Barcarell, practicing a reuniting speech he has planned for his cheating ex-girlfriend Marnie. Jay works for the TSA at the Pittsburgh airport and is talking to his buddies and co-workers Stainer, TJ Miller, Devin, Nate Torrance, and Jack, played by Mike Vogel. I know we agreed to take some time off. 
And uh, I think that was a great idea. My God. It gave us both a chance to uh, experiment, if you will, and meet all sorts of new and interesting, different people. You did quite a bit more experimenting than I did. A lot more experimenting. You are like a scientist. <laughs> with beakers and... But obviously, I'm cool with that. Like, because the thing is, I think we're stronger as a result. But here's the thing, Marnie. It's been two years. And that's a lot of time off. And I'm ready for some time on. I miss you. I miss us. I got something for you. What do you think? Oh, man. It's depressing. I mean, it's really depressing. It's horrible to watch you like this. I think this is really pretty. How's it work? Oh, <laughs> what the hell is that? I got it for Valentine's Day right before she broke up with me. Stainer, I know you don't like her very much. No, no, I hate her. In fact, the day that you broke up with her, I marked that down in my calendar as a day of rejoicement. I'm gonna celebrate it with a cake with her face on it. But instead of eating it, we smash it. Okay? You can do a lot better. You deserve a lot better, Kirk. I thank you, but I've seen what's out there, and I don't think it gets any better. When have you been out there? I mean, when have you left the apartment? I went out on four different dates with three girls, and that guy, I don't, I don't know what his intentions were, but, like, it, it's fine. We had a great conversation. He was just looking for a friend. Do you know what your problem is, Kirk? What? You're a moodle. A moodle? A man poodle. Girls, they want to take you out on a walk, they want to feed you, they want to cuddle you, but make no mistake, no girl wants to do the... Kirk is nerdy and hapless, but also kind and loyal. And while his friends, especially Steiner, can be a bit harsh with him, they're ultimately looking out for him. So Kirk decides to go with the advice that his buddies gave to him, which is that he's doing great and dating lots of women. Though he kind of puts it like his friends told him, which doesn't impress Marnie, played by Lindsay Sloan. Snatch Parade. Really, Kirk? Yeah, it's been pretty awesome. Oh. I've been uh, raw-dogging some randoms. Oh. Usually careful, mostly careful, though. Always using protection, uh, double-bagging it sometimes just to make sure there's no seepage uh because uh gonorrhea herpes and stuff i i don't want that wow i'm really happy that you are doing so well with the ladies but truthfully marnie i i really just want to give all that up and get back together with you oh kirk you know i'm with ron now Raw dog and some randoms. Wow, Kirk, he sounds like you got some good stuff going on. Yeah. Thanks, Ron. Um, we're just kind of in the middle of something right now. Oh, you want to talk? No problem. I'll just be in the other room. Thanks, buddy. Uh, sorry, one more thing. Is there any salsa? You know what? I'll find it myself. Good luck there, pirate. Are you kidding me, Marty? That guy? That guy is an entrepreneur. Well, Ron owns a pizza hut. That's a business. 
It's not even a real Pizza Hut. It, it's a Pizza Hut Express. Working airport security with your dipshit friends isn't getting you any closer to being a pilot. I, 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 I got you something. Like, remember that time I made you the mixtape of all the Kate Bush songs I thought applied to our relationship? This is cooler. Happy Valentine's Day from two years ago. Hi, honey. Everything okay? Yeah. Oh, God, what is that? I think it's an ashtray? I, no, it's for your earrings. Or that. Kirk, please, don't cause a scene. Everyone's over. Jesus, Mom, a little privacy here, please. It's okay, Mrs. Kendrick. Okay. Kirk, you know that I don't get along with my own parents, and you've been really great about your family practically adopting me since we broke up. I love you. Marnie, I love you, too. I, 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 let me finish. I love you like I love TV. I love you like I love pizza. Superflash, no good! Ah! Oh, 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 Dylan! It's so good, oh, it's baby! Give it to Fuck him, Dylan! Coming with us, pirate? No, thanks. It's Chris Tucker, dude. Yeah, I, I think I'll pass. Do you see the words coming out of my mouth? Chris Tucker, right? Mom, I did the Chris Tucker for him. Oh, and that's kind. The black guy from Rush Hour. Go, 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 go. Mom, yeah. <laughs> you know it's engraved on So that didn't go as planned for Kirk. Kirk can really never move on from Marnie since his parents basically adopted her and she lives in their house with her current boyfriend, Ron, which isn't awkward at all, right? Kirk's brother, Dylan, played by Kyle Bornheimer, still constantly beats him up, somewhat playfully, but also puts him down nonstop. Kirk has zero self-confidence. Plus, his future sister-in-law, Dylan's fiance Debbie, played by Jessica St. Clair, is the female version of Dylan, as you heard in the last clip. Kirk's mom is played by Deborah Jo Rupp, who you probably remember as Kitty Foreman in that 70s show. The next day while at work, a stunning blonde named Molly, played by Alice Eve, is at the airport for a flight, and almost every male she passes by stops and stares. Boarding passes and IDs where I can see them, please. Let's go. Hey, hey. Oh, well, well, well. Thanks for coming in, Kettner. Sorry, I'm late for you. Well, you better have a damn good excuse. No. Take a second, pick something up. Nope. Interesting. <laughs> oh, look at this. Thank you, Mr. Friedman. Tomorrow. Have a nice flight. Boarding passes and IDs where I can see. Uh, <clears throat> hi. Hi. Hey, hello. Uh, hi, hello. Hello. New York, huh? Yeah. The big city. Big Apple. Big Apple City. I get up there a lot because I actually I gig up there. I play in a band. I'm the lead in a hey, band. Stan. Get the uh, numbers with, for the new procedures regarding planes. This is Randy. 
What's up? Well, everything checks out. Thank you. Do you need a hand? Uh. Smooth. I'll put this back in the trash. It's a memo. Put it back in the trash. 40 passes and IDs, please. Next. Oh, ma'am. Your shoes. Oh, sorry. Hey, let's uh, go ahead and strip off that belt, too, while we're at it, huh? Do you have any uh, piercings you want me to know about? Hmm? Anything at all? Uh, uh, all right. I'm really late for my flight. Ma'am, why don't you just step on through and, and we'll see if you set off the machine? Thank you. No, no, not so fast. Ma'am, I'm gonna have to ask you to step over to the wanding area, please. Fuller, why? Well, you never know. I mean, oh, you just waved the wand over your tie clip. No, I did not. I, yes, you did. Well, I am keeping an eye on you. Wow, you let guys like that work here? Yes, they, they, they let that guy be my boss. Thank you for pissing off your boss for me. Oh, yeah, uh, please, uh, uh, anytime. Well, uh, uh, Molly, boarding pass. Oh, thanks. Kirk. Dude, cut it a little closer, why don't you? Hey, I think I lost my iPhone. I left it in security. Well, here, calm down. I'll call it. Hello? Who's this? I don't know. It might be the guy with the new iPhone. Who's this? Um, I don't know. It might be your worst fucking nightmare. Hi! Sorry. Sorry. Hello? Thank God you have my phone. My name is Molly McLeish. I remember you very well. What gate are you at? I'll run it right over. You know what? We're actually pushing back right now. <sighs> Excuse me. You're not supposed to be on your phone. It's bad for the plane. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you a plane doctor? No? So shut the fuck up. I'll tell you what, I'll just leave it at Lost and Ferret for you. How about that? Would you just hold on to it for me? I'm coming back tomorrow. I'm an event planner. I'm having this party at the Warhol Museum. We could meet there. Yes, no, of course. I know exactly where that is. It's, it's actually right on my way home from work. Sir? She's talking on her phone. Dude, go shit in your hand. I have to go. <laughs> and that's Molly's best friend and co-worker, Patty, played by Kristen Ritter. Now, Ritter is perfectly cast in this role. In any case, Molly is super friendly and kind and gave Kirk a perfect opening to potentially get to know her by bringing her phone back to her the next day. Kirk and Devin go to the party that Molly and Patty are working, their event planners, and they give Molly back her phone. Molly's sister, Katie, played by Kim Shaw, is also working the party, though she's a bit of a wild child, unlike Molly, who's got her act together. Devin is the nice friend who is more of a Pollyanna character compared to Stainer and Jack. No, at Devon, tonight is just a night where I return some lost property to a fellow human being. Come on, man, you gotta be positive. It's exciting. I mean, the night's full of possibilities. I can almost smell them. Man. You know, this reminds me of. What's that? The moment when Aladdin went to meet Princess Jasmine. What? You're like the street urchin, and this is the Okay, uh, so then what does that make you? I'm the genie. Why am I 
so nervous. It's so stupid. Let's just get this over with. Okay, let's just go. Yeah. Let's go to Magic Carpet, right? major laundry disaster, okay? This is the only dry bra that I have left. Do you want me to take it off? No. Just take a tray and circulate. Yes, circulate. You know what that means, Katie? Wait, uh, excuse me. I'm looking for uh, Molly and McLeish. Are you here to arrest her? No. What about you? You gonna search me? No, no, I'm not. I'm not TSA. I got you. I can get you a mad discount on the flight if you want to go. <laughs> Molly's my sister. She's up there. Thank you. Hey, this is Patty. Hey. Look, this is my friend, Devin. Um, here's your phone. Oh, thank God. You, thank you. You, you saved my life. Oh, please. Uh, it's no big deal at all. Well, we're going to get going now. Uh, we're a bit overdressed for this. Yeah. Oh, no. You guys look great. You should stay and have, have a drink, right? I, you know what? Excuse me one second. Get a drink, but just don't get it from my sister's tray. <laughs> What'd you just say? I think your friend is hot. Yeah, right. <laughs> Seriously, Kurt, do not josh me. Alright, I need this. That, Devin, I would never josh you. I, she said, I think your friend is hot. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, stop. Yeah. No, no, no. You're, Devin, you're happily married. You and I both know you would never cheat on Karen. Yeah, you're right. I don't need to. You know why? Because that girl thinks I'm hot. <laughs> you know what? Don't tell Karen about any of this. Stuffed mushroom? Yeah, sure. I dropped them on the floor earlier, but, you know, five second rule. Good. Thank you very it's much. Okay, I'll wait. Just so. What oh, shit. What the hell are you doing? I am so sorry, sir. I, 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 uh, uh... What? I, I, I don't know. I Katie! Don't, uh, no, no, not, not Katie. This is all my fault. This is... I'm very, very sorry. Can I see your invitations? Uh... Can I see your invitations? Probably not the best thing to say to the museum director. True, but we should do cultural events like this more often. Park! Oh, my God. What? Patty told me what happened. What can I say? I'm so sorry. My reputation in the arts community may be a bit shot, but uh, <laughs> I think I'll get over it. Well, you know what? I'd like to make it up to you. Are you free tomorrow night? Yeah, yes, yes. Because we handle some of the Penguins events, and we've got some extra seats for the Islanders game. <laughs> do you like hockey? Do I like hockey? Yes, I do. Great. There's two tickets, so maybe bring a friend. Wow, thank you so much. That's amazing. And the tickets will be at Will Call. Okay.
Bye. Bye. Good night. Fare thee well, dear princess. Until our magic carpets alight from Agrabah to the Cave of Wonders. For a night of romance. And hockey. <laughs> I'm taking Stainer. Are you serious? Kirk just can't believe someone as attractive as Molly would be into him, so his buddies try to talk him up in their own way. No, that, this girl is, like, fucking hot. Yeah, but you said that same shit about Marnie. Let's face it, Marnie was kind of a skank. Hi. Uh, hey, Marnie, we <clears throat> were just talking about uh, Marnie, the name, and how it's unfortunate it's not more common. Fuck you, Stainer. Oh, you didn't let me finish. We're common for skanks. <laughs> so that night, Kirk and Stan are off to the Pittsburgh Penguins game. What do you think of the keys? Here, I got the first one. Thank you very much. I got a 20. Four beers, please. Three. Two. Mm-hmm. Oh, he seemed nice. That was all my money. Oh, my God. She's here. What? Oh, it's that chick from the airport? Yeah, I didn't think she was going to show up. Hi there. Hey, so you got the tickets okay? Oh, yeah, thank you so much. Cool. Oh, you remember Patty. Hi. Hi there, of course. Uh, I didn't think that you were coming. I, I, this is amazing. Hey. Stainer. I'm sorry? Stainer. What? Stainer. His name is Stainer. Right. Just a nondescript nickname. Doesn't mean anything, you know? It's like... Greg. You look just like someone I went to high school with. What high school? Maybe it was me. No, he's in a coma. Oh. Who brought the good news, Bear? Somebody give her some fucking honey. Okay, um, should we just meet you up at the seats? Yeah, perfect. Okay. Kirk, that Molly girl's insanely hot. Yeah, I know. So you know what's happening? What's that? She's setting up with the bitchy friend. Which will be perfect for you, because you like bitches. Yeah, look, that's fine. That's, uh... Patty's not a bitch, she's, uh, different. Yeah, different in that she's a bitch and other people aren't. Come on, Apple, play the man, not the punk. Yeah, come on, dick! Uh, okay, I'm sorry, the player that I was screaming at is a forward, but for some reason he keeps hanging back at the blue line with all the defensemen. But you realize that they're hanging back right now because they're trying to kill a power play. Uh, that is exactly what's happening. Damn it, Fox, keep your stick down! That felt good. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, she knows a strange amount about hockey. Yeah, man. Yeah. Scott Reese knows you? A little. A little bit. Come on, Reese, pick it up! You suck today! <laughs> we then get a mini montage where Molly and Kirk are having a great time watching the game. And it's obvious that, indeed, Molly likes Kirk. And Stainer is totally wrong about his idea that Patty is a setup. However, Stainer just can't admit he's wrong, as <laughs> seen when the guys go bowling the next night. 
Listen, Kirk, I love you, but there's no way on the planet that Molly is into you. I mean, why would you bring a friend and give you two tickets? Well, uh, Molly brought Patty for you, but Patty thought you were a moron. Okay, now I know you've gone crazy. You're telling me the hottest chick I've ever met in my life wants you and the Hamburglar wasn't into me? Listen to yourself. Fuck you. <laughs> That's a pretty impressive catch, Kirky. Yeah, right. The day that that happens is the day that Jack sleeps with your wife. <clears throat> what, did that already happen? We weren't technically dating yet. My bad. Are we gonna talk or are we gonna bowl? All I'm saying is, this girl's too hot. I mean, no judgment on Kirky, but the guy's just outgunned here. Yo, house ball. House ball? Yeah, I was up first. Okay, my bad. Oh, for fuck's sake. Hey, what is it with you people, huh? He can just wait his turn. Oh, really? All this noise and shit? And my best friend is such a distraction, your goddamn peripheral vision? All right, stay there, take it easy. It's all good, let him do his thing. Fucking roll, then. What, you feel strong, tough guy? Yeah, Walk. piece of shit. Get off. Come on. TSA, motherfucker. Really sorry. Okay, anyway. I love Kirky, but let's face it, the guy's a five. Sustainer, that's just a dirty pool. It's at least a six. A six? All right, you go ahead and pump rainbows into his asshole, but I'm just being honest. Come on, cut him some slack. Look, half a point, because he's a nice guy, right? And he's funny, so that's half a point each. That brings him to six. Devin's right. But he drives a shitbox, so you have to deduct a point, take a point off. Wait, what's wrong with my neon? Oh, I don't know, except the people that make that car don't even like it. So we're back to a five. Five. <clears throat> Meanwhile, this Molly is a hard ten. And that five-point disparity, that is a chasm. Chasm? Chasm. And you can't jump more than two points. Where do you get this shit? Trust me, Kirk, I can't even get a 10. <laughs> oh, not even you, huh? I'm a six, okay? Bullshit, you're a six, then what am I? You're an eight. Okay, fine, you're a six then. But I get a one point bump, because I'm in a band. Stainer, you're in a Holland Oates cover band. I, I, I'm pretty sure that's a deduction. Adult education is a tribute band. So that puts me back at a seven. On a good day, the best I can bag is a nine. Well, what about your crappy car? Artist exemption. I'm expected to have a shitty car. Is there an artist exemption for talking out your ass? Yeah, it's called being a rock star, Jack. Look it up in the dictionary. It's there, next to fuck you. Guys, I think this system's ridiculous, all right? If someone really loves you, then you are a 10. My god, what, are you Hannah Montana? Because nothing you're saying right now is of any help to Kirk. And just then, Molly calls Kirk and asks him to dinner. Five or not, Molly's into Kirk. Patty, though, is like the female stainer and thinks that Molly is only interested in Kirk because he's safe. But Molly insists she likes him because he's generally a nice guy, something different than her past boyfriend. Molly and Kirk go on their fancy restaurant date, and Kirk is wearing an awful red jacket and is super nervous. Actually, the jacket is just like the waiters at the restaurant. But again, Molly is really kind and easy to be around. Kirk, and frankly everyone else, is just hung up on how physically beautiful she is. Oh, I'm sorry, one second. Hey, ma'am? Ma'am, yeah, I'll be right back. Excuse me, ma'am. You forgot your sweater there. Thank you. 
Thanks again. Oh, no, I, I, I don't work there. I, it's, it's, no, I'm just returning your sweater. Thank you. Here, have a good night. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry, buddy. Thank you. Evening. 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 What's up? Cam? Oh, hey. Hey. I, I'll see you guys there. Wait, I thought you were still in New York. Negative. I flew in this morning. Oh, hi. Oh. Oh, this is Kirk. Hey. Oh, hey, buddy. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh. Uh, can I help you? Oh, yeah, you bet. Uh, I'll take an Armagnac. The lady will have a dirty martini with three olives. Thanks. Her favorite. Yeah, I, th I think there's been a mistake. Sorry, friend. He's with me. Honest mistake. Uh, sorry. There you go. It's, it's awkward. <laughs> Cam, this is Kirk. It's great to meet you, sir. Great to meet you, sir. Um, Cam, is that short for Cameron? No. Why would it be? It's funny. Friend is funny, Molly. Thank, thank you so much. Am I going to see you next week? Um, Patty and I are working at the air show, and Cam's our liaison guy. Ooh, liaison guy. Ouch. <laughs> we're more than that, huh? You see, Molly and I used to date. Oh. Nope. I'm out. It's great to meet you, sir. <clears throat> See you, honey. All right. Bye. Bye, Cam. He seems great. He seems really great. Should we order? Yeah. Okay. So I was interning at the law firm, studying for the bar, but I just kept thinking, is this what I really want to do with my life? And then um, I volunteered to plan the holiday party, and I loved it. And so I quit the firm, went into business with Patty. Well, you found something that you love. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it is amazing. Anyway, I'm bored of me. What about you? Oh, me? Uh, Pittsburgh, born and bred. Uh, I wanted to go to college, but my dad bought a swimming pool instead. Um, so my boy Stainer hooked me up with my job at TSA, and uh, the rest is rock and roll history. <laughs> Ultimately, Kirk wants to be a pilot, and Molly encourages him to shoot for his dream. This leads to a walking date montage after dinner, and then the dreaded what-to-do move when dropping Molly off at her apartment. Never been driven home by a waiter before. <laughs> no, no, nobody usually is. All right. I had a really nice time. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you. Me too. <laughs> You're not thinking about Cam, are you? No, I... Cam who? Is, is how I feel. No, i completely forgotten how good-looking he is. How beautifully moisturized his skin tone <laughs> Okay, oh, well... Uh, uh, my seatbelt is screwed up. Like, it doesn't look that Thank you. You're welcome. 
Thank you indeed. First kiss is now out of the way, and the next step is to bring Molly over to his house for lunch with his parents. Of course, his friends think that's a horrible idea. As Steiner puts it, after 20 minutes with his family, she'll likely follow a straining order from Kirk. <laughs> Plus, Marnie and her boyfriend will also be there. As expected, the entire family is shocked about how gorgeous Molly is. Everybody, this is Molly. Molly's is everybody. Uh, and my brother, Dylan, his fiance, Debbie, and uh, my Marnie and Ron. Hey, everybody. This is when you say hi, Molly. Who are you? She's Molly. Why is she here? She came with me. Did you hit her car or something? Jesus, no, but thank you for asking. Are you a social worker? Nope. Oh shit, are we being evicted? No. Are you a hooker? Dylan. Or a prostitute, I mean? Oh my god. No, Kirk and I were having dinner the other night and he said he was getting together with his family and it's been a while since I had a family dinner, so I don't know, I hope you guys don't mind. I just invited myself along. Well, come on in for a dip, girl! Yeah! Oh, no. You know what? I don't even have a bathing suit. Fucking wear your underwear. Yeah. It's just like a bikini. It covers all the good shit. Yeah, underwear is fine. It's like what they did in the old days. Underwear would be fine. If I were wearing any. Oh, cool. After you. You sure you want to go there, Dad? What are you, my sponsor? Hit me. Ron, honey, you know, I never complimented you on your, on your sweater vest. It's, it's something. Here you go. Dylan, you know, I think if you just apologize to Leroy, he'll take you back. No, screw him. Anyways, I already got a foolproof moneymaker on the way. You're really going to want to pay attention to this. I know how to make any car into a convertible in 15 minutes, so... Wow. Yeah. You know why? No. Two words, global warming. Uh, actually, Dylan, according to the day after tomorrow, the film, uh, the Earth actually gets colder. Yep. Uh, what's, what's up with you? Are you these days? Are you, uh, what, do you want me to help you with the, oh, fuck it. Are you seriously not wearing any underwear? Dylan! Deb, we're all thinking it. If you want to plan an exit strategy or leave right now, I, I won't be offended. No, I'm not going anywhere. What do you do? I'm an event planner. See? That's a business to get into. Uh -huh. That's using your head. Thank you, Dylan. No, wait for it. I mean, book a band, blow up a few balloons. People pay out the ass for that shit, don't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, 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 um. I'm not wearing any underwear. Hey, Molly. Molly, check it out. So Deb and I are getting hitched. Uh-huh. How much cash do you pocket for a wedding job? Dylan, is any of this striking you as inappropriate? We're just making conversation. Don't get your panties in a wad, Kirk. Uh, Jesus. No, it's fine. Um, it, a lot of factors affect the cost of a wedding. Check it out. We got about 100 peeps coming. Yeah. And we're doing a whole NASCAR theme in Vegas. I'm going to get this kick-ass dress made out of actual checkered flags, like real tight. And then Dylan's going to be in a wicked orange tux with a Home Depot logo on the back. What's up? Right? <laughs> right? You've probably never seen anything like that, huh? You don't even Extensive. know? Extensive. Yeah. Uh -huh. What's the damage on something like that? My base fee is 15000 so 100 people. I mean, I'd ballpark that somewhere around 50 grand.
Fuck you. Fuck you. What? Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. That's a lot of 15-minute convertibles, eh, there, Dylan? Yeah. Wait, so you, you, you make a pretty comfortable living, huh? Sometimes. Like, you got your head on right, and you don't do underwear. The hell are you doing with numb nuts here? Dylan! <laughs> oh, all right, well, fair question. That's a fair question? Molly, I am so sorry. It's fine, you know. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't really know. No, he makes me laugh. Um, he doesn't try and impress me. And um, I can just be me around him. That's sweet. She's a keeper. Hey, Kirk makes you laugh? You a comedian? I didn't know. Hey, hey tell us a joke there, Sinbad. <laughs> I totally understand what you're talking about, Molly. It's the curse of being an attractive woman. I mean, men are always putting us on a pedestal, expecting us to be something that we're not. Us? Come on, Barney, get real. What? Okay, you know, Molly... We are taking a big family trip out to Branson on the 31st, and I think you two should come. I, don't, I, I think you're wrong. I don't think that's a very good idea. Yeah, definitely. You should come. We don't have enough got Kenny Rogers got his own theater. We'll get a ticket. I'll get you a ticket. Branson's small. Branson's a big place. Shut up, Ron. Can we go? Yes, you're calm. Okay. Well, I'll see what I can do. Hey, outdoor. All right, relax. Molly. I think there's something you should know. Kirk and I used to be lovers. If you stay with him long enough, he'll give you one of these. <laughs> Thank you, Dylan. That's mine. It's for my earrings. Kirk, you look really good. Thank you. You look really... Thank you so much. It was fantastic meeting you. Oh, you too. You're so special. And oh. God, I just... Oh. oh. Uh. Branson, think about it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> She's really great. Later, pirate. Yeah. Oh, let me help you. Bye, pirate. Next, it's to the basement for the Slapshot Regatta with Kirk and Dylan. Oh, what? You think you're Mr. Hot Shit now with your new chick? I don't know. Maybe I'm just a bit lucky tonight. Uh, what, what are you You're not better than me. I, I mean, take a look around. All these trophies say Dylan Kecker. Uh-huh. First place. First place. MVP. I don't think I'm better than you. I never said that. And, and yeah, maybe Molly's a little better looking than I am. A little? Are you shitting me? Okay, I think we can all agree that Debbie here is one wicked hot box. Thanks, babe. And this chick of yours makes her look like a pig. What? You're an asshole, Dylan. See? What the? This girlfriend here is already starts to shit. ties in hockey as there are no ties in life. True. Last shot, when it takes all. Oh. Okay, come on, you can do it, Kirk. Okay, he's got nothing. He's got less than nothing. Own it. Come on, Dylan. Get in the zone. You're still my MVP, baby. And Kirk's just a skinny little loser. Jesus, Debbie. Hey, okay, sit down. You want to do this? Let's do it.
for this. Dallas, hey, sportsmanship. Fuck you. Time out. You guys take a time out from being assholes. <laughs> Molly is definitely Kirk's good luck charm. However, the luck runs out with Kirk when they go back to Molly's apartment. Things start to get hot and heavy, and Kirk gets way too excited and finishes before things actually start. Right as that happens, Molly's parents just happen to show up to her place, which means Kirk has to be introduced with a giant wet spot on his pants. <laughs> Kirk decides he can't out himself and doesn't stand up to shake hands with Molly's dad, which is incredibly awkward for everyone. And then Molly's dog starts to lick Kirk's pants in the same wet spot. <laughs> Kirk then runs out of the apartment. Suffice to say, Molly has no idea what to think and Kirk is horrified. Back at the airport the next day. Devin, I'll give you $50 just to curse once. 75 just say fuck. I won't, I won't say it out loud, I'll write it. That doesn't count, you're gonna what? <laughs> Oh, right. yeah. That doesn't count. You have to what say it, it out loud. Just say shit. I'll give you a hundred dollars. Oh. Hey, Kirk. Um, my shift doesn't start for another half hour, but I was so excited, so uh, I came early. Yeah, and it was weird. He said he was really excited, and so he came early. Yeah. Does that ever happen to you? You're so excited about something that you come early. You know? Jesus yeah. Christ, Devin, you're Fort Knox over here. Thank you very much. <laughs> I didn't mean to tell him, Kirky. I'm sorry. Oh, God, dude, come on. He couldn't help it. It just, you know, <laughs> slipped out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, go fuck yourselves. So. Hey, guys. Oh, shit. Kirk, can I um, talk to you for a second? In private? No secrets here, Marnie. Oh. Okay. Well, I think I made a little mistake. And um, I see a change in you. And I really like it. So... Let's get back together, just to try it out, you know? Uh, that's really interesting. Uh, no, I don't think so. You broke up with Molly. She cornered me. Jesus, Devin. Uh, look, Marnie, I moved on like you kept telling me to. And you're only here because some other girl has shown interest in me. That's not it. Look, Kirk, I am really worried about you with her. She seems like kind of a bitch. So, I'm just saying that if you want to get back together like you begged me before, I am even willing to consider breaking up with Ron. What? Just still with Ron? The pirate? Yeah. I'm not going to risk being all alone just because Kirk doesn't know what's good for him. Look, Kirky, deep down, you know it is never going to work out with you and Molly. And I just can't stand to see you get hurt. So if that makes me the bad guy, Embarrassing. Jesus Christ. Kirk decides that he needs to talk to Molly in person after getting a nice inspirational and, of course, awkward speech from Devin. So that moment that Kirk decides to approach is at an air show that Molly and Patty are coordinating. Kirk, what the hell happened the other night? Um, you act like a freak with Captain Pickles and you won't even get off the couch to shake my father's hand when we had a whole conversation about how he was old-fashioned. I, uh, I know, I know. I'm sorry. I spent a whole day with your entire family and you can't even spend 30 seconds with mine. I mean, that's a pretty big red flag. It is not a red flag, Molly. Oh, Kirk, I can't do this here. I'm, I'm working and... Okay, sorry. <laughs> Thank you. 
ejaculated my pants. We were getting sort of hot and nasty. Uh, and, you know, it's not every day that I have a super hot girl grinding on top of me. And I got a little too excited. And uh, before I know it, your parents are in the room and I'm sitting there with just a big friggin' oyster in my shorts. Right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, I'll say this for him, he's honest. So, thanks for the advice, that went horribly. Enjoy the air show, boys, and I'm gonna uh, go. No guy in his right mind would ever make that up. You should probably go talk to him. Yeah. Just wait one second. And here she comes. She told him a joke. It's something. It's something's funny. They're, 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 they're kissing. Yes! You're like Yoda. Yeah, I know. Like sex Yoda. The force is strong with you, Jack. Trust the system. It takes care of itself. Oh, it went well. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> wow. She sure is something, isn't she? It's Kirk, right? Hi, Cam. Excellent to see you again, sir. Listen, Kirk, can I talk to you for a second? Yeah, I guess so. I understand that fellas such as yourself have uniquely candid relationships with the women that they befriend. Am I right? Fellas such as myself? Well, I mean, don't get me wrong, I have no problem with your lifestyle. I mean, what two or more grown men do in the privacy of their own home? Hell, that's of no concern to me. Uh... Now, I don't know what Molly's told you about me, all right? But if she said anything bad, let's face it, I probably deserve it. Well, actually, Cam, we haven't... God is my witness. We'll get her back. Cool. Now, can I count on you to put in a good word for me there, Elton John? Yeah, whatever uh, gets this over with. You're the man, Kirk. Bring Thanks. it in. Yeah, you got it. Oh. You feel that tolerance? Man, you gays smell good. That's good. This is awesome. Does anybody have a camera? Stainer. What? Amy, does that, does that say? Yep, I think it does. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Did you guys get a picture? By the way, Kirk, you can do better than these guys. I mean, this one is kind of cute, but the other two? Oof. Show some pride, pal. <laughs> so Cam thinks that Kirk is gay and therefore no threat to him getting Molly back. But little does he know is that Molly and Kirk are actually on a dating montage. Because that's what happens when things go well in rom-coms. Things are going great with the two. And of course, now it's time for Kirk's friends to scare him with another life detail. Is he prepared to have sex, for real, this time with Molly? Yeah, the idea of me... Naked, in, in front of her, also naked. But what's to be terrified of? Because you've done your prep work, am I right? Yeah, I, I think she likes me. She really likes you. Thank you. It's cute. Yeah, it's good. But it's not at all what I'm talking about, dude. Huh. A girl like Molly, hot as shit. 
manicured from fucking head to toe, mm, yeah. right? Jack, what the hell are you talking about? Listen, I'm talking about this, all right? Uh-huh. Talking about this. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about this. Oh, no, 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 look, guys. Jack. This is fine, because this is clean. It's organized. Well, it's, it's kind of Japanese looking, to be honest. Whatever you do, Devin, just don't look directly at it. I bet you oh. Cam's balls look like this. It's like a baby. It's just smooth. It's a look that says, hey, you can put your mouth here. He is, he just moved. It's just a thought. Just trying to help, that's all. All right, stay in, get out of here. Yeah, I'm hungry, I gotta go eat. Hey, Kirky, prep work. You hear me? Yeah. And prep work means manscaping. Good luck there, Kirk. And the best part about the last scene, while Kirk and Devin try to look away in horror, Stainer doesn't flinch. <laughs> this leads to Kirk attempting to groom his nether regions, which of course is hilarious. Barbershops helps raise the hairs. I don't like this. Kirk, if you want to abort the mission, that's completely cool. I, I can't really abort the mission right now. Uh, I've shaved well, approximately one third of my balls. I'll look pretty fucking stupid if I stop now. Did you shave one ball and then the other ball, or are you working top to bottom? Shut up, shut up. You shut up. I mean, seriously, just shave it like your face. I can't do it like my face. My face doesn't have two fucking testicles sticking out of it. And if, if it did, I would grow a pretty thick goddamn beard. Kirk. Kirk. Do you need a hand? Oh, mother... How is this not gay? I think there's nothing gay about it. The fact that you're letting a straight married man shave your testicles. I think that makes you one of the most macho guys alive. There is some logic in that. Mm, thank you. You know what, can you pick that up? Can you pick them up for me? There it is. Uh, 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 that's a lot. Okay, drop them. Voila. Take a look. What do you think? Devin. <laughs> it looks fucking huge. Now, that's a friend, and hopefully a friend that can keep a secret better than before. <laughs> That night, due to Kirk suggesting that Molly use her skills as a party planner to throw her sister a 21st birthday party, we get to see Stainer in action with his Hall & Oates cover band.
one more time for adult education. Awesome stuff. We're going to uh, play some more Hall & Oates for us and uh, maybe some other old favorites from some other artists. No? Nope. Just, just more Hall & Oates. Everybody, let's raise a glass to Patty and Molly for throwing by far the coolest party I've ever personally been invited to. Great job, girls. Let's hear it for Patty and Molly. To the uh, gorgeous birthday girl, Katie McLeish. You're 21 years old now. What else can I say? Let life come to you. Happy birthday, Katie. All right, guys, go to the party. Why? What am I supposed to do with this? Okay, now we're gonna take it down a lot. You're totally gonna jump his bones tonight, aren't you? I don't know, maybe. Baby, okay. we okay. can solve it. I think it's time for you to dance with me. <laughs> well, after some mediocre hollow notes, it certainly set the right mood for a night of passion for Molly and Kirk. So, will sparks fly, or will Kirk find another way to screw up a great thing that he has going with Molly? The final 30 minutes will answer that question, along with some more hilarious moments. Also, do we actually find out where the nickname of Stainer came from. You'll just have to watch the film and find out. Again, fun comedies like this used to be made with ease, and today they're virtually extinct. But that's what Damn Good Movie Memories is here for. Go back and watch the films that were actually funny and not too self-conscious. All right, we have a few deleted scenes. One is called Real Crazy. Before meeting Kirk's family while walking up the walkway to the front door, Kirk warns Molly that his family is fucking crazy. I can't stress this enough, Molly. Um, my family are really fucking crazy. Oh. But isn't that what everybody says before you meet their family? Yeah. Except for... My family are very, uh... Offbeat. Abandon hope, all ye who enter here. They really should get a sign. Timeout. During the Slapshot Regatta, Molly calls timeout to pump up Kirk to victory. Timeout! What? Can't call timeout. I just did. Visitors get one timeout. Visitors get one timeout. What? They do? Yeah. Stretch it out. Stretch it out. <clears throat> hit it top left. Really? Yeah, why? What's your strategy? Yeah, I hit it as hard as I can. That's your strategy? It's what I always do. All right, okay. Do that. All right, cool. Are we supposed to say something before we break? Uh, I think break. Okay, break. Break. Break and break. It's her cat. Jack talks about one of his sexual trysts involving the cat from the girl he's with. So by this time, right, we've, we've just settled into this great rhythm. You know, I'm switching up the pacing. I got her guessing. And all of a sudden, just fuck. Dude, I feel something, right? It's like, holy shit. So I, I, I turn around, I'm thinking there's someone else in bed with me. It's her cat. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's got its tongue up my ass. No! No, 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 no. I'm being ah, serious. Yeah, because it was like advanced yeah. Kama Sutra shit, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. a cat's got a rough tongue. Yeah, they do. Yeah. My point is this, dude. Things, things are going good with Molly right now. You've got to recover from this whole 
early bird special thing that we had, and, and you got to get back in the ring. How, how is that in any way related to you having sex with a cat? It wasn't sex. Okay, that was just oral. There's a, there's a difference there. Why would a cat want to lick your beehole, though? Probably because I shit catnip. Uh, or maybe it was the saucer of milk in your asshole. Bam! Right? Three, two, Jack tries to hit on Molly's sister at her 21st birthday party. Hey, thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for coming. It's great, great seeing you. Uh, 21. That's great. Congrats on uh, living. Thank you. I'm Jack. I'm actually a fighter pilot, so. You're a baggage handler. Yeah, still, but it's it's dangerous work because they both, you know, they both involve. I'm not gonna sleep with you. In three, two. And yes, she does return. All right, some fun facts. So filming was actually done in the TSA section of the Pittsburgh airport during off hours, which really does add to the authenticity of these shots. One of the difficulties of shooting at a real airport was that the 400 extras all had to clear security, so they weren't allowed liquids or sharp objects, just like in real life. Molly's parents on the film are actually played by Alice Eve's real-life parents. Mike Vogel, who played Jack, is actually a pilot in real life. All right, speaking of real life, we get two real-life guests. The great guys from the Growing Up Rock podcast. I actually interviewed them separately because, well... It's sometimes it's easier that way. So we get Sonny Pooney and we get Stephen Michael talking about this film. And then I'll be back next week to talk about yet another random movie from my DVD collection. Okay, we're back with Sonny Pooney from the Grown Up Rock podcast and, of course, Podcast Rock City, which is a KISS podcast. Welcome back, Sonny. Oh, glad to be back. What's up? Well, so you're definitely not out of my league, but uh, for this movie, it's funny. I, I still think this this film as a new comedy, but it's 13 years old now. So why do you think it's so difficult today to just make a decent comedy? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's because everything has been seen, mm-hmm. right? Between Twitter and everything that you can look at, every TikTok funny thing. You know how much, I'm sure you have uh, text groups that people are sending you stupid shit all the time. Like oh, I get yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's like if I want to laugh, I'm laughing literally any time I want to. <laughs> right? So you get a good comedy out there. It's got to be really unique mm-hmm. to be able to catch something that you see in five minutes spurts every day of your life. Right. Right. So how did you hear about this film? And and I know you're a big rental guy, you're a big cable guy. Was that it? Or did you actually see this in the theater? No, this was a red, red box type mm-hmm. rental probably. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, because by the time this comes out, I'm older. Right. So it's like, yeah, that kind of looks like a little bit of a teeny bopper movie. Sure. Right, so let's take a shot at Redbox and we'll see how it is. And Nicole's never even seen it. I ended up getting it Redbox, and I think I ended up only watching it because either Nicole fell asleep or she wasn't interested or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's how I saw it. So do you like teen movies? Because obviously growing up, we grew up in the era of terrific teen movies with the 80s. So now when you see teen movies, you're like, nah, it's just out of my league. <laughs> no pun intended. But or are you do you revisit the teen movies that you enjoyed back in the 80s? I do more of the latter okay. because today's teen movies, I'm sure they're fine, but do I really connect? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like if somebody's talking about, let's say the weekend or whatever, and they make a joke, I don't even understand the joke. Cause I don't know anything <laughs> about that dude. Right. <laughs> right. So it's like, I, it's just 
somebody was complaining. Um, I've got a friend that hates that the Little Mermaid is getting redone. Oh, right. Right. And I'm like, but it's not for you. You're 50. The Little Mermaid that was first, that one was for you. The one that everybody knows was for your kids. This one is for their kids. It's not right. for you. And every so, generation, every generation has that. That's the thing. You know, that's right. my parents' generation. Yep. So that's what I figure the teen movies nowadays. I try to I'll take a shot, but I'm not going to take a shot at them at the theater because I don't want to have to walk out. Right. Right. And you also don't want to be the creepy guy that's there. At the <laughs> that true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the main plot of this film, it, it's so not new. It's a shy, nerdy guy. Uh, you can't believe that any attractive woman would be interested in him. However, the, I think the film takes a few new twists and turns that kind of make it work mostly because of the side characters. So what in this film worked for you and what what parts did not? Uh, the ones that work for me, I mean, everybody's got these friends. I've got these friends. I'm one of these friends. Yeah. At times, I'm stainer to other people, ah. right? Because, you yeah. know, you you can do better than her. You deserve better. And then, yes, it's bit me in the ass when those two get, end up getting back together. It's like, really, dude? Yep. Like, you made me say all this bad stuff, and now, you know. Um, this movie, it's a uh, master thesis on relationships to me. Mm-hmm. When I watched it the other day, I'm like, oh, my God, Nicole's got to watch this movie. Because everything from if you think – you're not good enough, then you're not right. If you're worried about you're not good enough, but then hear things that confirm that you probably aren't good enough. Right. Just like when, uh, Molly, uh, struggled to say, why are you with this guy? Right. Right. If you're, but then you can't be pissed off that you heard those things because you were worried about those things to begin with. That's right. Right. The point system shit. I think I'm a five. I think my (laughs) personality probably takes me to a seven. That's about Mm -hmm. it. Right. And did I bat, you know, bat out of my league? Yeah, I did too. Mm -hmm. And so I'm also a believer that this whole thing about you kind of, especially the five that I am, that you fall in head over heels and then the person meets you closer to halfway, but probably never quite gets there. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's okay that, that the 10 or the nine fell in like, and likes it that you're comfortable and that you're not cam and you're not. That's okay. So in watching this movie the other day, I'm like, oh my God, the kids and the wife have to see this movie. So, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's an interesting point because this this is somewhat of a guy-centric movie. I mean, the, the main protagonist is uh, male. So did Nicole actually enjoy this movie? She hasn't seen it yet, okay. but I think she will. Because not that she identifies with that she's a nine, she would never tell you she's that. Mm-hmm. But I think the conversations that we will have, and we were talking earlier about, there's a lot that I'm learning about the person that I've spent more than half my life with mm. today. And yeah. the way we learn it is we're watching some TV or movie, some TV show or movie, and we could stop, pause, and go, have you been through that? Like, we don't know of each other because we didn't meet till our mid-20s. So right. there's a bunch of life that you've lived before then, and a lot of the insecurities in your life are in those early ages. Right. Sure. So she'll identify with, Hey, like guys go through this. Like I did ask her a question about if you've let somebody go and you hear that that somebody's doing okay. Do you want to hear that? Right. Or does that like make you jealous? Like, you know, when, um, what was the, I forgot the character's name. Why did I forget the character's name? Oh, uh, um, uh, Marnie. Yeah. When Marnie comes yeah. back and I'm not wearing underwear either. 
Right. Like, you could see that she was doing a bunch of things. Yes. That were very um, jealous. And she goes, oh, yeah, that dead on, dead on. That's why I'm like, oh, you guys see this movie. <laughs> yeah, she so became great. more interested in uh, Kirk. What once someone else, uh, he was desirable to someone else. Yeah, yeah, which is not a new twist to the movie. No, but it is real. Oh, totally, totally. It, it, you know, it's also interesting about this movie because the main stars of this film really did break out from this film. I mean, they continue to work today steadily. But as you mentioned, the character Stainer, played by T.J. Miller, he did break out mostly because of the, the show Silicon Valley. Why don't you think that, like, Jay Barkerwell and Alice Eve, why weren't they more popular from this? Yeah, Jay, uh, Jay reminded me a lot of Kevin Bacon. He has some Kevin mm. Bacon mannerisms when I watched it the other day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, but Kevin couldn't have sold this movie because Kevin's too much of a heartthrob looking type guy. Right. Right. So he couldn't have sold the nerdy piece. And the problem is, is Jake kind of is typecast by his look. Yeah. So he'd end up in Revenge of the Nerds. But that's been played out already. Mm-hmm. Right. And how long is that going to play out? I guess there are people that like uh what that Steve Buscemi guy or whatever his name is. He's oh, yeah. played out that nerd thing for the, all of his career, yeah, but a there's character. not, there's yeah. not a hundred of those, right? No. So that could be it for him, for Alice. But the problem is she's not ultra hot. Mm, like they're really like there. She's ultra hot to him, but dude, I would have took Jessica Alba or Kate Hudson or oh, sure. Zoe Zaldana or a Priyanka Chopra over her any day of the week. And they're the same age as she is in this movie. Okay. Well, that's fair. Again, it's all subjective to what your tastes are. Right. So it's almost as if when they made this movie, they kind of knew it wasn't going to be huge, maybe. So you go get these actors that are okay in a next level down type Mm -hmm. movie that maybe you don't have to overpay and it becomes ends up being a cult classic. Yeah, I don't think fair. I don't think they were setting this thing up as to be a blockbuster summer blockbuster of, you know, 2013 in the movies. No, that's true. And I don't think this costs a ton of money to make. Yeah, I think um, Jay Barkrow is closer to, you know, Michael Sarah that he was yeah. in Juno. Yeah, yep. I think they're they're kind of typecast. The kid that played Napoleon Dynamite, it's like <laughs> they can only do so much. That's right. OK, so Kirk's family in the movie, complete disaster. Have you had friends with families like that? And uh, the second part of the question is, have you ever had weird ex-girlfriends like Marnie? I have had the weird ex-girlfriends with Marnie. And uh, and I remember asking myself, I'm like, all right, I got to ask Brian this question, too. Yeah. So when Kirk introduces Molly. Yeah. To the new girlfriend, I can't even I've blanked out every way that I've done that in my life because it's been a while. Right. Yeah. But how are you supposed to like, how would you, I guess, introduce Marnie? Because he said this is. Marnie and her Ron or something like that. And I'm like, I, or this is my Marnie and her boyfriend, Ron. That's really weird. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, the whole thing is weird because the family still accepts her as like part of the family. Yeah. And they don't see anything weird about it. Yeah. So how would you do that? Have you had that problem? Oh, I'm trying to think. Well, I mean, I think in high school you kind of, cause everyone you're dating, but you're not really, I guess, serious. So yeah. it didn't seem as bad, but no, I've never had it where the family is still hanging out with the, the ex and kind of living there too. <laughs> that, that just, it seems like recipe for disaster. Yeah. And I've never had the family that hangs out with the ex either because my family's East Indian. So it's right. just not in the culture to do something like that. Mm-hmm. But then I have been, uh, the boyfriend that the mom loved. Mm-hmm. Right. And, 
I've still had those connections, which they're a little weird. So I just kind of let those <laughs> kind of <laughs> kind of just die of their own volition, as I guess uh, Costanza would say. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Okay. All right. So, so could this be the one film that being a TSA agent uh, is somewhat of a, a fun job? I wouldn't say glamorous, but f- somewhat fun. Yeah, it just kind of shows that all jobs have a fun element if you have friends at work. Sure. Right. And I thought it was a good idea to not have all the friends all working at TSA. Right. Like one's a luggage handler or one's mm-hmm. or whether he's an airplane mechanic. You don't quite know, actually. Um, and then, you know, one's obviously working in a shop, you know, or mm-hmm. whatever, and, and one does work with them. So that it was a good idea that that was done well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Some final thoughts and man, the ball shaving scene. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't have any friends that would do that, nor would I put my friends through that. Uh, forget that dude. I wouldn't be able to have a woman do that. <laughs> There's yeah. no way that was so awkward. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, I've been with a woman. For more than what twenty five years of my life, and there's no way I could have her do that. No, no, that's what manscapes for. You guys were that's advertising right. for them, yeah. That's right. <laughs> so, final thoughts: What are we, good film, like film that you can put on any time, or is this like you know that's worth seeing, but not 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 essential? Amazing film, mm. a surprisingly amazing film that really every couple should probably see once in their lifetime because it is a it is a study of how these relationships work and there's a lot of friends we both have yeah including we probably think we're it too that have uh partnered a person that is above their league right oh, yeah. and this thing man does it connect it's amazing yeah yeah well as always thank you so much sunny and i know you're gonna be back on real soon thanks Okay, we're back with Stephen Michael from the Grown Up Rock podcast, who always likes to join me on these terrific comedies. And I'm going to say it's terrific because it's so damn hard to get a decent comedy these days. So welcome back, Stephen. Brian Davis, thanks for having me. I feel like I'm at least a uh, 8 out of 10 as far <laughs> as your guest go. My co-host, Sonny Pooney from the Grown Up Rock podcast, most likely a 2, 2.5 maybe. Well, what's so funny is uh, I've already recorded a little bit with with uh, Sonny already, so you're coming right after this, so that that'll jive well with this. It's like you knew. Save the best for last, right? That's right. <laughs> so I, I mentioned this with Sonny too. It, it's it's so difficult to get good comedies these days for whatever reason. We kind of talked about this when when you and I uh, discussed the jerk with Steve Martin, uh, but she's out of my league. Is over 13 years old now, or about 13 years old? I mean, why do you think it's so difficult to make a decent comedy these days? Well, you know, one of the things I was thinking about earlier is is uh, especially as it relates to this movie is, you know. These some of these movies where they didn't do all that well because I don't this wasn't a box office smash or anything like that. And no. And yet I consider this movie like a complete gem. Like I would recommend this movie to any of my friends. I think it's a really, really underrated comedy. And yeah, I mean, it, it can be raunchy at times. But overall, I think this is a decent date flick, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, especially. It depends on how your date is, too. Some might not like raunchy humor, but I think this is just generally a funny movie. It It is. I don't – I mean, to 
to go back to your original question, yeah. I don't I don't know why it's that difficult to make a good comedy, but uh, I think the key is it's not all about just the jokes. It's got to yeah. connect with people a little bit, and I think movies like this, I mean, it connected with me, you know. Mm-hmm. So, how did you initially hear about this film? Because I, I take it you didn't see it in the theater. So, was it something like word of mouth, or it was just you were flipping through the channels, or how did how did you discover this? Yeah, I want to say I definitely did not see it in the movie. And I want to say how I found out about this movie was just probably stumbling upon it and said, you know, here it is on Netflix or Amazon or whatever. Let me let me check it out. And when I checked it out, I was like, oh, this is fantastic, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the theories that this movie probably didn't do as well, and I think Sonny mentioned this, too, is there really aren't big names in this film at all. I mean, you, nope. you have kind of it's kind of like a, a newbie thing. Eventually, T.J. Miller would be the best, you know, probably the, the top star to come out of this. Do you think maybe that's the reason the, the, the film really didn't take off at first? Yeah, I, I don't uh, know that they. Uh, I don't even know who produced this movie or whatever, if it was any big name producers or whatever, but I think uh, that's part of it. But, you know, sometimes comedy films that blow up don't necessarily have a bunch of huge stars in them. Uh, this right. just didn't connect with anybody when I, it could have been a marketing, you know, oftentimes we talk about why certain bands or albums didn't make it because they were, we think they're awesome, but it it may just come down to the marketing plan from the studio, right? Sure, absolutely, yeah. And and this was you know distributed by Paramount. That's pretty big, pretty mo- pretty big movie studio. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm still trying to figure it out. But again, that's a great thing about home video and home movies. You know, starting in the '80s, these films could get a new you know lease on life. Yeah, agreed. I mean, it's a complete. You know, these these films have a way of becoming cult classics, and maybe. You know, the studio expects a certain amount of runoff every year, and so maybe this film did exactly what the studio uh, expected it to do. You mm-hmm. know, I don't know how much they spent on it. I'm sure you gave all the details in the of course. Front, front end of this uh, episode, which, uh, oddly enough, I haven't heard yet because we're, we're the end piece. But, uh, yeah, was it was it a uh, um, monetarily a huge failure? Or? No, no. It basically broke even. So it, the budget was $20 million. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, worldwide, it grossed almost 50. So with, you know, they, you have to add the the additional, um, you know, promotion and whatnot. So it probably made a profit of five to five to 10 million, which, hey, for for that type of a 20 million dollar film is nothing these days, especially when a Marvel movie costs anywhere from three to four hundred million. So that that's correct. And 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 that profit, I'm guessing, was probably before the uh, the home video sales. Exactly. Right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, so this movie was perfect for the studio, most likely, because they didn't they had a low budget. They didn't have any big stars in it. They probably didn't spend a ton of marketing money on it because mm-hmm. uh, we know that the marketing plan wasn't that damn good. Nobody <laughs> really right. knew about the film. So it was exactly what it was supposed to be, I'm guessing. That's right. That's right. So what about the I mean, you recently rewatched this, I'm assuming. So what about the film worked for you? What What parts didn't work for you? To be honest, there wasn't a whole lot that didn't did not work for me. I mean, I enjoyed this film pretty much start to finish. It had mm. all the quirky characters. 
there was something uh, lovable about the main character and uh, the the lead actress, uh, Alice, her name's Alice something, right? Alice Eve, yeah. Yeah, the lead actress, to me, came across as perfect because she had a lot of these beautiful qualities as, as a quote-unquote 10 or 11 or whatever, <laughs> but she also had a lot of the girl-next-door things. And there was something very lovable about not only her personality, but his personality. So uh, there was just nothing that really didn't work for me. And uh, I, you know, I love all the uh, supporting actors yeah. and actresses around them. T.J. Miller, I thought, was fantastic, and so was uh, Kristen, uh, shoot, Kristen, whatever her last Ritter. name is. Kristen Ritter was fantastic in it as well. Yeah, she was great, and she's been great in a lot of things. Like, she was in Breaking Bad, um, She's and she was in the uh, Veronica Mars series. She's just a really good actress. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I agree. She was also, uh, uh, is it is Veronica Mars the uh, uh, Marvel thing? No, that it's it's almost like a, a, a modern day Nancy Drew with um God, I'm forgetting her name now. Uh, she's married to Dak Shepard, um, and she played the lead in Frozen. Um, Kristen Bell. Yeah, but she was um, but uh, this actress was also in the Marvel series on Netflix. What was uh, oh God, what oh was the, the Defenders. Or Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. Wasn't yeah. she Jessica Jones? She was. She was. Yeah. Yeah. She was fantastic at that because she has that uh, that really just uh, dry, oh, uh, yeah. sarcastic delivery of so much stuff that it just ends up being pretty damn funny, right? Yeah. And she, and she also has a unique look to her. Like, she's very attractive, but not traditionally, you know? Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, so again, I'm glad you brought up the side characters and, and they kind of what, man, they're kind of what makes this film, especially the scene with his, his buddy, who's kind of like the, sh- the shy nerdy type, but he's the one that actually has a wife. Uh, but that the shaving scene, the, the man grooming, the manscaping scene. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking about that and I kind of, uh, I kind of went into a little bit of a uh, apoplectic shock or so. Yeah. <laughs> that was just, I was, Oh God. <laughs> Yeah, that scene. And I mean, there are so many scenes because there are so many side characters and not just one. That's most of these films. They'll have one, maybe two good side characters. But this film from uh, T.J. Miller to the shy uh, buddy to uh, his mom and dad, his his crazy brother, brother, (laughs) uh, you know, just all these people that are supporting actresses and act his crazy ex-girlfriend. Yes. Uh, so many good characters in this movie. And, and then you throw in really like fun, uh, quirky pieces like, uh, TJ Miller, the fact that he's in the, uh, Hall and Oates cover band right. and <laughs> stuff like, I mean, I love that shit. It's, yeah. it's just fantastic. There's so many, things that were great about this uh, uh, movie, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you brought up T.J. Miller because, again, he was the one, I would say the one person in this film that kind of broke out after this. He was already a stand-up comedian, and then he was in the show Silicon Valley where that really took off. So why don't you think maybe the stars like Jay Barkerell and, and Alice Eve weren't more popular after this? They still work, but they didn't really take off after this. 
Well, yeah, but I don't think anybody got big off of this film, including T.J. Miller from mm-hmm. this film. Fair. I think yep. it was just a career path that they were on aside from the film, right? The film was just another piece. But this yep. film uh, – and a lot of times, you know, when we talk about breakout stars – Films like this, I don't necessarily think are their breakout roles. It's Mm -hmm. just they were already on a path. And we, you know, you look back at Bachelor, um, uh, what what was it? Bachelor, whatever Tom Hanks. Oh, Bachelor um, Party. Bachelor Party. You look at Bachelor Party. That wasn't Hanks' breakout role, but Hanks went on to become something huge. And I love Bachelor Party. Sure. But you know, actually, you could say it kind of was because it was like that kind of that trajectory because his next film was Splash and Splash might have been his breakout role. Yeah, but you know as well as I do that a lot of these films, that they're already in the can. I sure. mean, that Great Splash point. could have been recorded, you know, uh, could have been filmed in, in the can for, you know, even before he did Bachelor Party Fair for enough. all we know. I don't I don't yep. know the details, but uh, not only that, uh, Bachelor Party had Tawny Kate in it, right? That's true. That's absolutely true. <laughs> so, you know, uh, it's just, it's interesting to me. Uh, occasionally, I think that you can pinpoint and say, you know, this film was def- definitely a breakout role for this particular character. But I think when, as it applies to comedians, I don't mm-hmm. necessarily know that it's true unless the film was massive, right? Right. Right. Like the hangover or something like that. Correct. Yeah. That's a good call. So I asked this for Sonny too. So you kind of brought it up. Kirk's family, you know, the Jay Barkerel <laughs> character is a complete Love disaster. It. Yeah. Have you ever had uh, had friends with families like that. And have you ever had a weird ex-girlfriend like Marnie? I have to think about the girlfriend thing. I, I want to say off the top of my hand, no, I've never dated that kind of crazy <laughs> in my opinion. But, uh, as far as friends, families or anything, no, I mean, that's just, that family <laughs> is just over the top. And I'll tell you what I keep, uh, I kept thinking about this. The one crazy brother, yeah. For for whatever reason, you know who would have been good in that role or who re- yeah, every time I see that movie and I see him, mm-hmm. I think of one actor and it would have been uh, Patrick Orbarton would have been oh, yeah. perfect uh, in that putty. role. Yeah. Cuz he's very putty like, right? Yep. That character. And he sort of looks like him to me. He does. He absolutely yeah, he's kind of got that that kind of um, you know, meathead type <laughs> type look to him. Yeah. And just the stupid, the stupid one or two word replies yep. are just they're they're classic. I I just uh, yeah I, I I loved him in this movie. Well, one of, one of the best scenes is is down like in the basement when they're playing hockey. Holy crap, that's so yeah. funny. That is awesome. That's definitely one of my favorite scenes in the movie. <laughs> well, again, like I don't know if it, if it's Hollywood or whatnot, but like you often see these. There's no way. I mean, the whole premise of this is that the Kirk character is no way he would get somebody like um, Alice Eve's character Molly in real life. But is that really uncommon? I think if you have a good person, that like, do you think this is so far fetched that it could only happen in Hollywood? Well, I'll never say never to the. <laughs> Uh, attract laws of attraction, right. I guess is, is a good uh, phrase to use. I'll never say never, but I don't know, man. It's, it's hard to say. I don't know that I've ever seen anything <laughs> like that. And, and to be honest, 
I don't think that he's that far out of the league. If you put them next to each other, yeah, he comes off a little nerdy, but it's not about, uh, I don't think it's about the personality as much as it's about, uh, the site, right? You see with, you see, I've said this many times, you see with your eyes first and you can say all you want and say, Hey, I don't want to be superficial. I don't, I don't go by looks first. I think you're just kidding yourself if you say that. There has to be some sort of uh, attraction visually with an individual before you want to go any further. Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. There has to be an initial attraction. Absolutely. Yeah, the only other way, unless you like started as friends in that build, you know, like you weren't looking for it at first, and that happens a lot too, where you're you're not even thinking about this person, then for whatever reason it clicks. Yeah, I can see that or I can see, you know, being childhood friends with somebody and growing yep. up around them and you're just super, I mean, to, it's the same thing that you just said. Basically, you grew yep. up as really good friends and it evolves into something after that. I definitely believe that that exists, but mm-hmm. that's, I wouldn't think that that's the more common. Right, right. So you kind of mentioned in the beginning, like you, you ranked yourself. Do, do guys <laughs> really do this? I don't remember ever really doing this. No, no way. I don't, I never did any of that stuff. I think we've definitely, uh, I know for a fact that we, I've been in locker rooms and stuff mm-hmm. and we've definitely said, Oh, that girl is a 10 or oh, sure. so we've definitely done that. I've never personally ranked dudes. Like I've never <laughs> said, Hey, I'm a 10 or I'm a eight or, you know, I've never heard, I've never done that myself. And I've never heard any of my friends that I hung out with say that the same, right. the, the biggest phrase that comes out is, uh, you're playing outside your league. Yeah. So I've, definitely heard that or you're playing above your weight or, mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, uh, I still use that occasionally here today. Right. When that's right. Uh, when I'm talking to various people I'll say, Hey man, you know, you, you're, you're play you're punching way above your weight with, Wait, uh, that's right. <laughs> with your uh, new girlfriend or your wife or whatever. That's right. That's I right. think we've used that on you, Brian. Well, that's, true. <laughs> that's absolutely true. We, we, and Lindsay will be the first one to tell you. So that <laughs> you're, the, you're the one with the newest girlfriend out of all of us. You're definitely that's, punching above your weight. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm trying to keep her in my league. So that's yeah. that's the whole point. Yeah. So, so she'll appreciate it. She loves you, by the way. So you guys, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're fun. And you know, if you want to help yourself, then maybe you join the Hall and Oates cover band, my friend. Exactly. She does love the eighties. That works You can, out. you can be the Oates character. <laughs> That's true. I got the, I got the mustache. I could do that. <laughs> uh, okay. So f- final thoughts. So you mentioned, you mentioned how much you enjoy this film. So yeah, I mean, if you were going to pitch this to someone, uh, for the first time, and by the way, did you, have you watched this with Jen? Oh yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, the last time I watched it, I watched it with her. And uh, and did she enjoy it? Yeah, she enjoyed it. I mean, you know, like you said, you got to get somebody, you got to watch it with somebody that can appreciate some of the raunch and doesn't get, you know, offended by stuff because there's a couple of scenes that are a little bit raunchy, but to me, nothing I've seen way worse like the Adam Sandler movies are a hundred, hundred times uh, worse. The Farley brothers are a thousand times worse than anything that's in this flick. No doubt. So, uh, and I would never, I would never be with anybody like that to begin with, but, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, this this movie to me, for me, has has everything from the comedy to the raunch because I like a little bit of raunch mm-hmm. uh, to just the uh, you know uh, romance, uh, you know, kind of cute romance thing that goes along with it. So a little bit of uh, chick flickiness in there, and uh, it, it has it all. So there's nothing. That's why when you asked me the good and the bad, I, I honestly, I really don't know that there's a whole bunch bad in this movie for me personally. That's great. I mean, that's what we're looking for in movies and uh, trying to introduce people that may have missed this. So again, thanks for coming on Steven. And we're going to talk again real soon. Appreciate it. Brian Davis. Thanks for having me on buddy. If you enjoy this podcast and are an iTunes user, please do the show a favor and head on over to the official iTunes page for damn good movie memories. Be sure to leave a rating and a review. This will allow the show to appear higher in the algorithm and spread the joy of this podcast to the masses. If you are not an iTunes user, you can still listen and subscribe on Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook under our Damn Good Movie Memories page. You can also listen to a limited number of episodes on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and be sure to tune in next week for an all new episode of Damn Good Movie Memories.